0: heavenly father may we receive from you as we hear your word in the name of jesus we pray amen
1: scriptural passage of reflection comes from joshua chapter 2 verses 1 through
2: 15
1: the word of the lord reads like this and joshua the son of nun sent two men secretly for shittim as spies saying go view the land especially jericho and they went and came into the house of the prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged it there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, true, the men came to me but I did not know where they came, where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax and she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan, as far as the fords gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. There was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God, in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, so how many of you have ever heard a sermon on Rahab? Okay, a few of you. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Rahab. She is listed as one of the heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30 and 31. Rahab is the ultimate story of regeneration. And what is regeneration? Regeneration is this, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If, therefore, if anyone be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is passed away, and all things have become new. That is the story and the picture of Rahab's life. And we just heard the story of Rahab. And let's look at this text briefly in chapter 11 of the gospel or the book of Hebrews beginning with the 30th verse. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Now, let me stop right there and ask you a question. Isn't it interesting that Joshua sends out two spies into the land and and is just a brief bit of history the children of Israel have left Egypt. The Red Sea has parted. Matter of fact, Rahab knows all this. If, if you were paying attention a while ago in Joshua chapter 2, she knows this. She says, I know how you have been delivered from Egypt, how God parted the Red Sea and you walked across on dry land, how you have already defeated two armies, how your God has given you this land. And then the Bible says that Jericho they marched around it seven times, and then the walls fell. But what's interesting to me is Joshua sent two spies ahead of him. And why did he do that? Did he really need to go to Jericho to check it out? Well, the wall's about this high, and when we march, you know, it might not quite, we might need to blow the horns a little louder. Why why are they going? Why are they going to Jericho? I mean, God's already got the battle plan established. They're going to simply march around the wall once a day for six days, and then on the seventh day, seven times they're going to go around the wall, and then it's going to come tumbling down. Why did they need to spy that area? You know what I think? And this is just what I think, by the way. This is called conjecturing. Uh, But here's what I think. I think God sent them ahead because there was a woman who was saying, God, help me. God, I've been praying every night. I know the gods that I've worshipped aren't real. I know that they can do nothing for they've done nothing all my life. God, if you're real, and I've heard the story that there's a group of people who have a God, and she literally says this, who is the God of the heavens and the God of the earth. I've heard, God, could you save me? I have to wonder, was she praying that? Because these spies don't have to go. But when they go, what's the one place they go to? The house of Rahab. And Rahab doesn't have anything going for her. I mean, nothing. First of all, she's a woman, which means she has no rights. Second of all, she's a pagan, okay? She has gods that I won't even get into what the practice was to worship some of these Canaanite gods, okay? But it wasn't good. Thirdly, not only that, she's a Canaanite, she's despised. By most of the known world for being a Canaanite because of their abuse to other, other nations, uh, because of their pagan worship, and, and because of just the things that occurred during that worship, because of what they have done to the neighboring countries and neighboring areas. So they are despised. And matter of fact, God says that Jericho is a cursed city. <clears throat> this is a city that's cursed by God because of their destructive behavior, because of their sin, and because of what they have done to other people groups. And so they are a cursed She's from a cursed city. She's from a cursed nation. She is poor. Why do I say she's poor? Well, she's a prostitute. And here's the deal, guys. What happened a lot of time in in these cultures, in ancient cultures, when a woman could no longer support herself, when her husband had died or her father had died and she had no other means of support, that's where they would turn to. That's what would happen. So that tells me she doesn't have a lot of money. She doesn't have a husband. She's got singles. She's got children. She's a single mom. She's in a very difficult place, and she's a prostitute. No one respects her. There's no hope, no future, no respect. That's Rahab's life. And she probably finds herself, God, if there's a God in heaven that's real, hear my cry. And then one day she hears the message. There's a God coming. There's a people coming who represent a God who moves seas, who removes armies, who removes the opposition. And she said, my heart melted. You don't think she was anticipating, wishing, praying, hoping? And she doesn't have all the (coughs) education. She doesn't have any background, but she believes. She believes the message, then she believes the messengers. And then she does what? She takes a big risk, a big risk of faith. You see, when she hit those men and the king's men came and said, do you have these spies? Not only would they have been killed, she, as she lies, she would have been killed. She risked her life thinking, this is probably the only hope that I have. And I believe she risked everything. The Bible says in verse 31, by faith, Rahab the prostitute, Did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies by faith. She didn't perish, and she, the Bible says specifically, were not like those who were disobedient. Now, disobedient, uh, the Greek word there literally also means to not believe, to have no faith, to believe not. So the difference between her and between the other people in the Canaanite city of Jericho. Was that she believed there must be something else. There must be someone else. And then it says she gave a friendly welcome to the spies. That's our word hospitality. And it's much richer than the way we use it today. Because in that day and age in the Semitic culture, when you welcome someone into your house, when you accept it, you said, Everything that I have is yours. My protection, my food, my relationship, all of it's yours. Now I want you to think back when this happened before in another instance. If you go back in the book of Genesis, with Abraham and Lot, when Lot goes to Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot's in this wicked city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and while he's there, God sends two angels to get him out, and what do they say? The people surround him, they come out, and they go, send your men out. We want them. We're going to abuse them, and Lot says, don't do this, for they are in my house. He basically says, they are under my hospitality. They go, we don't care, so Lot is demonstrating that spirit of hospitality, and now these spies come in And Rahab is showing the same spirit of hospitality. And so she welcomes them in, even at the risk of her own life. But what does she have to offer? Nothing. Here's what Rahab knows. She's a sinner. That's what she knows. She's a sinner. She also knows that she's got nothing really to offer. She cannot save herself. She knows what's coming. The gods that she's worshipped can do nothing and she believes there must be a true God, and I believe this must be him. And so she believes. She believes the story. She believes the message. She believes in the one they call Yahweh God. So let's think about this for just a second. I want to show you something. Let's turn, if you, if you would, if you have your Bible, you can just look on the screen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Christ. Now, I know this is a, a passage of the Bible that most of you get excited about when you read it and you've really studied this, usually we just see that genealogy and we just jump over it. But let's talk about this for just a moment. The end, end of verse 4, Nashon, the father of Salmon. Now, who is Nashon? I'll tell you who Nashon is. Nashon is the brother-in-law of Aaron, the high priest of Israel. Not only that, he is the first one, the Bible says, to go and offer an offering when Moses sips up the tabernacle. Not only that, Nashon is the head of the tribe of, Judea, of Judah, And Judah was the tribe on the front line when they went into war. They were the leading tribe into battle. This is the general right here, Nashon, okay? And he's the father of Salmon. Who's Salmon? Salmon is the prince of Judah. He's the one who will take his father's place eventually. He will become the leader of the tribe of Judah. Remember, who comes from the tribe of Judah, by the way? Christ ultimately will come from the tribe of Judah, So this is Nashon, who has his son named Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Now, what does that mean? That means Salmon, who is the son of the general of the Judean army, the top of the army. He's one of the most respected men in all of the nation. He has a son who is the prince of Judah, and his name is Salmon. And what does he do? He marries Rahab. Get this, a week before, she's thinking, I got nothing. I'm a single mom with no money. My profession is one of irrespect. I got no hope, no future. And God comes in, and what was meant by what they thought, the nation thought was destruction, he saves this woman who believes. And not only does he save her, he completely transforms her life to where she is married to the prince of Judah. And then she has a son named Boaz. Now, who's Boaz? Boaz is the one that marries Ruth. You remember the story of Ruth? Ruth is a Moabite. Matter of fact, she has nothing, she knows nothing of God. But she marries an Israelite and he dies. And his her brother dies and his brother dies, and then his father dies. And she's there with Naomi. And she says, No, Naomi, I'm gonna go back with you to your people. She said, you don't need to do that. She goes, no, your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And so she comes back. Do you know who the Moabites were? I won't go into a lot of detail because there's children in here, okay? But that relationship started with Lot and his daughter, okay? Remember when Lot got drunk after they left Sodom? That's where they started. So this is another nation that people despise and they look down at, the Moabites. No respect for the Moabites, and that's where Ruth's from. And Boaz sees her gleaning, basically in a beggar's field, going in his field, picking up the crumbs. He said, who is that? And says, that's Ruth. And she's taking care of Naomi. Leave her a little more. And he begins to watch her and listen to her. And Ruth has n- not a lot of hope, not a lot of future. Naomi is bitter at this point. And the Bible says that Boaz sees her and his heart goes out for her. Now, why does his heart go out for her? Maybe because he knows what it's like to be raised by a woman everybody had despised and hated. He's heard the stories his mother has told, and it's transformed his heart. And so he marries Ruth, a Moabite, who was on the outside. And matter of fact, they weren't even allowed to come into the assembly when they were worshiping God if you're a Moabite. But see, she gets a new identity. She marries the prince of the tribe of Judah, and she becomes a worshiper of Yahweh. And not only that, God will use her. And she has a son named Obed, and Obed has a son named Jesse. And Jesse has eight sons the eighth being David, the greatest king of all of Israel. He was a foreshadowing, a typology of the ultimate savior who would come. There's more written about him than any other king. And of course, he wrote a large part of the Psalms. And he, he had a son named Solomon. David, the greatest king, earthly king, the greatest human king of all of Israel. And you know where it all started back? Rahab, a woman calling out, to god with no hope and with no future amazing when you stop and say. so next time you read that you think about what god did he took two outsiders two people who had been castigated by society with no hope and no favor and completely transformed their lives and now they directly descend to the lineage of jesus christ our savior and lord so ask yourself the question where am i today There's a great passage of Scripture, you don't have to read it, but in Isaiah chapter 51, that goes like this, 51.1, and it goes like this. It says, if I find it, okay, I'm going to have to look it up. Give me one second here. The book of Isaiah 51, verse 1. Your translation may be a little different, but let me read it to you. 51.1, it says this. It says, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were cut, and to the quarry from which you were dug. If you have the New King James Version, it might say this, or the hole from which you were dug. Look to the one to look to the Lord and look to where you were cut. From the one you were cut and look at this. I love what he says here. He says this. The hole from which you were dug. The hole or the pit from which you were dug. Here's the deal. We are all in a pit. Whether we recognize it, we're all in a hole. And some of us don't recognize it. And that's probably a lot of the people in Jericho. They didn't realize it. They were afraid, but they didn't realize, no, you're in another kind of hole. You're in another kind of pit. And God has formed you and created you for the purpose of worship and knowing him. And he's going to dig you out of that pit. If you'll say, Lord, I give my life away. Lord, I believe. We're all in a hole. We're all in a pit. It's just a matter of us recognizing it and asking for deliverance. I want to conclude with this Moses was a murderer. Elijah suffered from depression. Peter denied Christ. Samson was guarded or was mastered by his lust. Thomas doubted. Jacob was a deceiver. Rahab was a prostitute. Jephthah was from an illegitimate birth. John Milton was blind, yet he wrote A Paradise Lost and was one of the greatest poets of all time. Joni Erickson Tada, a quadriplegic, but she is a popular author and speaker and artist today. James Earl Jones, know who he is? Voice of Darth Vader. James Earl Jones, when he was five, became a mute. He had always stuttered terribly. And when he was five, he became a mute and did not speak for eight years. For eight years, didn't talk. But when I go into the IMAX, when I'm watching a documentary, there's this amazing voice that comes over the sound. And he speaks as James Earl Jones. Matter of fact, copy of the copy of the Bible on cassette, James Earl Jones. And this from a man who was born. Uh, he had no father growing up. Uh, his mother, he said, he was raised by his grandmother. She said she's the most prejudiced person in the world. He said she hated everybody. Didn't matter what race it was, she hated everybody. And I had to get over it. And he said, I was so traumatized that I just quit speaking. And I literally could not speak until a school teacher, when I was 13, began to invest in my life. And he had experienced the grace of God, the salvation of Jesus Christ. And now he's one of the greatest orators, one of the greatest, has one of the greatest speaking voices of anybody alive today. And he was a man who stuttered and became a mute. And God opened up his voice and used him. Hey, I don't know what hole you're in today, but can I tell you, God still is in the business of regeneration. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have been passed away. All things are new. So when we play Amazing Grace, and we sing Amazing Grace today, here's what some of us probably ought to sing. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wrench like me. We might even need to sing destroying grace. The grace of God destroyed me because I was in a pit, and he took everything away, and he, rec- he helped me to recognize I need him. And he destroyed the old man and has created a new man. We all get there the same way by recognizing that we're sinners. We are in need of grace and that he is the one true God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time together. And Lord, as we hear testimony and praise this morning, let us receive your grace. And as we sing about your grace, as we hear about your grace, let us worship you and give you thanks. If there's one that doesn't know you today, I pray, Lord, that they would come and recognize the grace that you afford for all who will come and ask. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Gentlemen, if y'all would come on up. Good morning. Good morning.
3: Oh, it's so good to be here, Rock Point. I want to thank uh, Pastor Ron. Um, This is our second time here, and you guys showed us so much love the last time, and we, we enjoy worshiping with you. And those of you that are not familiar with us, we're the men of Nehemiah. And um, I like to tell this story it 's in line with what you were talking about there was There were two men, and both of them owed the master. One man owed the master ten dollars, and the other one owed the master ten thousand dollars. So lo and behold, one day the master came through and he forgave all debt and we 're standing up here we're the people that owed ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> some of them owe $20,000, $30,000, dollars $50,000. But it's only the grace of God. Because, see, when you start to get old and, you start, and you've been through some things and life has brought you full circle, you understand that only by the grace of God. I didn't understand that when I was in my 20s. It passed me by when I was in my... <laughs> Hey! See, that's what it sounded like when they was going around the the uh the city of Jericho. Hey! Because praise comes before the victory. See, they was praising before they won, cause they knew that they was gonna win. We gonna win too, because I read the end of the book. So if you're going through something either you know you could cheat get to the end of the book we win christ wins we win and we've made some bad choices you know and uh, sometimes we've been dealt some um bad cards but it's all good that's why that's why jesus came that's why he died that's the whole essence of god restoration that's who he is so why wouldn't he love me that's his nature uh, Rock Point, and I said this last time, but do you know last year 38,000 people died from ODing on drugs? Overdosing on drugs. And 60% of those people, it wasn't the big boys. It was prescription drugs. There's a cancer. There's a spiritual malady. There's a, there's a, a, there's a leprosy that is eating away at our country, our communities, our families. It's just, and it's almost like the 800-pound gorilla in the room. I don't, you know, it's just, it's going on and it's eating away at our families. And that's strategically, that's Satan's, that's his, that's his thing. If he could attack the family, the basic building block, of God, the way God set it up. God set up divine order. Man, woman, children. Be fruitful and multiply. So Satan is saying, look, check this out. I got him. I'll destroy if I could kill off the man and take him out of the family. So you know what? We, we applaud with so many ministries. But our ministry is, our niche is restoring the man. Restoring the man. Domingo, restoring the man. He's a little bit hyped. <laughs> I believe he has his daughter here with him today. He's a graduate. Graduate, and um, it, it, it's the ultimate. God created men to take territory to, for, the, for the support of their family. He gave us dominion, and Satan has robbed it. We just want you to know you're going to hear some testimonies today. You're gonna, we're excited. Oh, my God. We're excited to be here. Yeah. I tell these men, I tell these men, when we come into places like this, I say, there's going to be a mother, and there's going to be a wife somewhere. You know, because all the logistics are getting up here, putting the gas in the truck, and doing this and doing that. But there's a mama sitting up in here. <laughs> and that's why we're here. You understand? Because my mama prayed for me, boy. Hallelujah. Grab that mic over there. I want you to hear from Big Miller. <laughs>
2: Uh, first off, I want to say I stutter also, but, but I've never been accused of having a world-class speaking voice. But uh, just bear with me. Um, I just wanted to tell you kind of about my st- story. Um, I grew up in Highland Park in Dallas. Uh, came from a great f- family. Uh, had very successful parents, Christian parents and godly parents. I'm the oldest of six. Uh, except I grew up and I had a lot of hurt um, in my childhood. I was overweight, I stuttered, and uh, I struggled with social interactions with people. So when middle school and high school came and I tried smoking pot and drinking and so forth, it was like the magic uh, fit. Um, And I just went off the deep end quickly. Uh, I've been to... Ten different rehabs uh, have destroyed the relationship with my family. Um, I'm 32 years old r- r- right now. I've, I'm close to graduating Come college of f- yeah. from SMU. Yeah. But I still haven't gotten there yet. That's one of the things the enemies tried to steal. Uh, but but I just want to talk about where I was the night before I got to Minim Nehemiah. I had been totally cut off financially from my um, I couldn't even get my mom to give me a ride anywhere. Uh, That's how much she didn't trust me. I'd stolen thousands and and thousands of dollars. I was alienated from all my siblings, um, all my aunts and uncles, and uh, I had given up hope. I was staying at a homeless shelter called The Bridge, um, I, I got $100. I spent it all on drugs, and I slept in an abandoned building that night, and uh, I, felt, I felt like giving up. Uh, and I went to a service that Sunday. They were offering food, and it was involved with the men of Nehemiah. I saw these guys in, in Army uniforms. I was like, who are, the, who are these guys? What is this? And they told me. I was like, this is exactly what I need. And uh, I've been there eight and a half months. (laughs) Now my relationship with my family have been almost completely restored. My nephew and my mom uh, came up here today. Uh, I'm trying to get a job. And I just have to give all the glory to God. Uh, I just... I realize he's been trying to get me to do this f- for years. All I did was submit and say, "Okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do," and Thank here you. I am today. Amen. Thanks, a spoken word and testimony. Sure.
4: Hallelujah. Well, wait. Hey, my name is uh, my name is Ty Choice. Quick testimony. Uh, grew up in southeast Dallas, Pleasant Grove. Um, Got into a lot of trouble, Uh, 15 years old. My father, I was born, uh, my father got a life sentence. And so I was obviously connected to the older guys in the neighborhood. And that's who I looked up to. Uh, You know, long story short, made bad decisions, got extremely addicted to drugs, found myself in and out of drug treatment programs, found myself in and out of prison. Um, And I remember October the 5th of uh, 2010, I was in Pleasant Grove. It was an apartment complex called Diamond Creek, and I was, it was a cold night kind of. It was very quiet, very unusual for that neighborhood to be quiet. And I was behind a dumpster, and I had given up hope. All avenues had been cut off. And I was behind this dumpster, and I looked up into the stars, and I said, God, if this is what you have for me to do, this is the way you want, for this is the life that I, that I have to live, then I would rather go back to jail. I had just given up hope. I actually got kicked out of abandoned houses. Uh, I mean, you know, I had nowhere to go. And uh, my mom, I used to knock on the window and she would give me money, but inside the money would be scripture. And she would be, the light would be on and she would be in the bed just praying, sweating, praying. And she would tell me, Ty, God is going to do something in your life. He's not going to allow you to operate like this very much longer. Well, that night I prayed to God and I said, God, help me. And the next day, these guys were doing service work in Pleasant Grove in the apartment complex that I had so much pain. They were picking up trash. And I went up to them, and I thought they were the police. (laughs) So I walked up to them, and I said, are y'all the police? They said, no, we're just picking up trash for, for the Lord. And I had just remembered the prayer, you know, the hopelessness that I felt. So I looked up, and I said, okay, God, you know, I guess I was so stubborn that I wouldn't go find help, so he brought the help to me. (laughs) But uh, I do a little spoken word. I do a lot of, I got a lot of things that we do. We just all try to give glory to the God, give glory to God. So I'm going to do a real quick piece, real quick, just to let you know that God is in the restoration building. God loves you. If you, you know, just keep praying. I I believe that I'm a result, and uh, all these men here, we're a result of people praying, not giving up. Maybe they might cut us off with money, but they continue to pray. Praise the Lord. And God did something in our life. So I'm going to do this real quick. I'm no longer trapped in the pain. I've been healed from my scars. I'm no longer feeling the shame. I've nailed him up on the cross. See, God, he's intimately involved in every one he creates. He's the potter and we're the clay. He never makes a mistake. I am grateful for grace because I've often questioned his ability. But the more that I searched in his word, the more the Holy Spirit revealed in me that his love endured forever. And while I've been faithless, he's always faithful. And the quicker I gave it up was the quicker I got my breakthrough. I'm saying this just to save you from years of heartache and pain cause trying to meet man's expectations can drive a person insane. See, the fortune and the fame, it can distort what is important. You got people taking their own lives because they can't pay their mortgage. Intuition is getting higher. The world is full of desires. I'm trying to be an example of a man to my daughter, Maya. They said that I never make it. I told the devil, you liar. I'm destined for greatness. My daddy is the supplier. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A
3: few minutes ago, I told you all the problem. And, um, of course, the leprosy of the day is substance abuse. But here's what God said. Because, see, see, let me tell you something. We didn't go through this. It wasn't about you. First of all, drugs are not our problem. Never has been. We got a living problem. We got a godless problem. See, we took drugs because we couldn't deal with life. Actually, drugs was the solution. That's why they call it self-medicating. If something's wrong, you take. So drugs wasn't a problem. It was an attempt, a satanic attempt that only the love of God. So the Bible said that the harvest is ripe. So if y'all wondering why we're doing this soldier thing and the, we get the discipline thing and allow God, because see, we're the solution now. We're the solution. Hey, God always has a remnant. God always has his people. To deal with the problems so the Bible said that the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends some dope to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all might think I'm crazy, but I know that to be true. Because it works like that in the Bible. It works like that in the Word of God.
0: Either it's true or it's not. Well, there's a, we've got a few brochures if you're interested in getting more information about this ministry. And if you would be prayerfully, uh, especially men, if you would prayerfully consider uh, being a part of this ministry, uh, there are mentors needed, Bible study leaders, all kinds of things. And uh, we're going to be partnering with the men of Nehemiah moving forward. And uh, I believe God's going to call some of you. To partner as well. And so there are some brochures out there that you can pick up uh, if you're serious about praying about that. And I really want to encourage you, particularly as men, I want to challenge you uh, to ask God, Lord, do you want to use me to make a difference in the lives of men uh, from Nehemiah as they minister and as they make an impact? And so this is your opportunity. Maybe you prayed, God, use me. God, what do you want me to do? This may be it. Might not be, I don't know, but you need to ask and you need to find out. And so I encourage you to consider that. I'm going to ask these guys to sing two more songs and uh, just to kind of close this out. Michael, do you have one you're going to do with them as well? Is this it? That's it? All right. So, uh, Lewis, do two more songs. And yes, sir. Thank sing you. us out of here.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you, Rock Point, mm-hmm. so much. And, and you said that. It takes men to disciple men. Yeah. It takes men, and Satan, of, of course, has, you know, severed those relationships. Many of my guys never had fathers or the absentee father. So I encourage you with the mentorship, disciple thing. It takes men. Men influence men. Amen? Amen. And, um, you know, uh, we thank God for you today. Um, let's do a give myself away. That seems like we've sung that song several times. I want to sing it again. Uh, um, let's sing that again. Amen.
2: Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's give God some praise today for what he's doing in our lives. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: And then we're going to do
3: every praise.
1: Lord, we come before you, Lord Jesus, to just thank you, Lord Jesus. We're asking you, Lord Jesus, that you you, you continue to use us. Lord Jesus, to reach out to men, Lord Jesus, to, to restore their lives so they can go back home and be the leaders in their families and, and the covering for their wives and their children, Lord Jesus. We are asking, Lord Jesus, if there's some men out there, Lord, that would like to partner with Nehemiah, Lord Jesus, and help to mentor and to restore men, we pray that that be on your heart upon today. Just give yourself away to the Lord Jesus.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh.
2: oh yeah. Lord, I thank you, Lord.